This is Alex Massa, and you're listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Bob Nolly. Yes, they are. Live from the RVA, this is the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Dr. Bob Nolly. The program that brings you the leadership skills that can make you the most authentic, approachable leader for the sake of your business, your team, and for you. Now, here's Bob. Ladies and gentlemen, how are you? Thanks for keeping coming back. We'd love to see you here. Welcome to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. You know, people will be listening to this all different times during the year and going forward as new people find the show and you guys keep finding the show. That's good. But we've turned the page to September now. So we're having a bit of a heat wave here in late August, but now we've turned the page to September. And at least here in the East, we're calling for a worse than average winter. As I say, sitting here at 95 degrees today. Okay, enough of that. Enough of that. Have a great interview for you today. But first, I am in arrears. I am in arrears. That always sounds worse than it is. I am in arrears. Lots of folks. Well, first, I set a goal when we kicked this off in February to see if I could get a hundred ratings and reviews and I checked them and oh my gosh folks we are almost there we are at 94 94 and all 94 of you I just love you to death and I promised I'd give you a shout out to uh to each of you so I I'm I'm behind so it's time to catch up there uh folks that that showed us the love Daniel at Smart Tradesman thanks a lot Daniel thank you very much for your kind words Justin at House Flipping HQ, thank you. Oh, my God. He has a dynamite show, and he showed us the love here. Chris Cerrone, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Chris. Great friend of the show, Chris Cerrone. Check his show out. Fit to Love JJ loves the show. Thank you very much. The Exit Coach, B Mills 18 Love you. Thanks. Chris at Rocky Research. Loves it. Thank you very much. You know, in terms of we've inspired people to think more about leadership. That was the whole point. We didn't want you to make you feel like you were, you know, going to school to get an MBA, but we wanted you to give you some things to consider, and it's working. Uh, Josh Co. Nineteen fifty two. It's good. It's me, RD. Thank you very much. Uh, Nikki L. Nick, thank you very much. This one stands out among the pack. That's very sweet. Yeah, there are. I always want to say there are millions of podcasts. There are certainly hundreds of thousands. And, and you guys have made it all worthwhile for us. Uh, thanks, Dickie. Big 67 Mike. That's good. Uh, and the last one is uh, Janae and Nicole. That's good. Oh, two more. I'm sorry. Harold Ree. Harold, a great friend of the show. Thank you very much. And uh, thanks for your kind words there. And Nikki Scoots. Nikki Scoots likes the solid advice. Gee, thank you all very much for all of that. I, I, I just can't thank you guys enough. When, you know, things are going wrong and, and life is kicking you in the butt a little bit, to go out and see that, I, that's just great stuff. That's just great stuff. Uh, okay, let's get on with our guest today. I, I bet this folk guy on, uh, on, on LinkedIn, I just uh, actually know he emailed me and wanted to chat. 
And I read a little bit about him on LinkedIn, as we all should do. And he's a lawyer, and his name is Michael Weiser. And he is a prince of a guy, and his resume is pretty darn interesting. He calls himself a renaissance man in the digital age, and I have to agree. So, yes, he's been to law school, and he's, he's practicing the bar. He's at the bar. But he focuses on entrepreneurs. Now, entrepreneurs that are sharpening their leadership skills and have their heads down trying to make sure all the good things happen that they want to have happen and hit their goals in their business. You know, legal representation is something you hope you can avoid and never consider. But when you connect with somebody like Michael, he's really a very interesting guy to talk to. And he has lots of resources, so many so that, you know, folks like the Kauffman Foundation and their uh, training program, they call on him to do work as well. And he knows a lot about digital security. And uh, he's launching a new website and more classes. He wants folks to learn more about WordPress. Boy, that's time well spent right there. If you needed to learn more about one thing, you know, and you're in this business, a little WordPress can never uh, can never turn you wrong. Uh, and this story about he and his wife just meeting in college, great, a great story. So without further ado, let's have him on. Uh, come on, Michael. Special guest today on Labrador Leadership, a, a great buddy that has a real take on what it needs, what it takes to be successful in the entrepreneurial world. And he characterizes himself as a renaissance man in a digital age. That's a good one. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and a serial entrepreneur as well. Uh, from live in the city, Michael Weiser, welcome to the program. Good morning. Thank you for having me. It's great. How are things in the city today? Well, actually, uh, I'm in the suburbs today, so uh, things are beautiful, sunny. We've had an incredible summer, enjoying uh, the outdoors very much. Oh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, down here in the south, it's a little bit milder for summers here. We haven't reached the dog days of August yet, but they'll, <laughs> but they'll come on, uh, I'm sure. Uh, so you're living out there in the burbs, uh, and uh, how's Stephanie doing, your wife and daughters? <laughs> She's doing really well. Uh, I've got two daughters. One's uh, still away at camp. The other one's getting ready for college, and uh, things are good. Where's she headed to college uh my daughter will be a sophomore in the university of michigan go blue <laughs> oh my gosh at the big house on the uh, fall weekends that, that'd that's be a right big deal so you met you met your wife in college you all were college sweethearts yeah, well, yeah, we, we met, uh, we were actually at schools that were very close to one another, but we met during a, a summer party, and we uh, sort of have been together since 1986, so it's a long, long time. <laughs> that's, that's a great story, because, you know, there, there are times it's hard, and, and that's a great story. That's a great <laughs> story you. as well. And you got a dog as well. I, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, the, I tell the audience about our little silky terrier here, who actually just five minutes before we went on the air, uh, she like came up and did some barking to get me up and walk around just almost as if she knew there was something to be done here so uh, they're always big parts of our family so uh, louis what what kind of dog is louis <laughs> so louis is a king charles cavalier spaniel oh they're beautiful and, oh my uh, gosh they are beautiful yeah he'll be two years old in october he's the cutest dog in the world uh, <laughs> and uh, everybody yeah. loves louis uh, thousands of people just groaned when you said that they're going to ship me <laughs> pictures of their dog as well <laughs> so you are you following the yankees this summer i bet you are 
Yeah, actually, uh, I'd say more of the buzz here is around the Mets late these days with their pitching staff. But uh, I'm a lifelong third generation Yankee fan, so uh, I'm still going to <laughs> be yeah, the Yankee guy. Not not to give the Mets their due because they are really <laughs> on a bit of fire at this point. But you know, I, I've lived and died in the AL East for too long. Right, I'm right. an Orioles fan down here, and we always seem to be on the wrong side of the Yankees. But as, <laughs> yeah, as you and I sit here today, Toronto's reeled off ten in a row, so we need to do something about them. Yeah, I think I think uh, we we've gotten past the uh, slump. Uh, we'll, we'll break free now. Yeah, that, that'll be interesting. I'm sure we'll be chasing you both. All right, enough of that. But but thanks very much. That's great conversation for the summer. And after all, baseball. That's why God made September. So, <laughs> okay. So we'll be good there. Your practice now that you have. What what kind of law is it you practice, and who who is your clientele in general? Okay. So, um, you know, this latest iteration of my practice, I've been practicing law for a long time. Uh, but about three, four years ago, I decided to really focus on entrepreneurs and startup companies. I act as an outside general counsel. So in effect, I'm trying to fill in the space where a small firm, a startup firm, an entrepreneurial firm, particularly in the digital uh, media area or uh, technology area, where they can have somebody who can be sort of the de facto general counsel for their company and make it an affordable way of doing business. Um, so, so, you know, when you, when you talk about the nuts and bolts of it, it's mostly contract work, intellectual property work, uh, helping them manage their employees. Uh, you know, I boil it down to business law, especially when you're working with a small business being two main buckets. One is helping clients define the relationships with all of their stakeholders, whether they be investors and partners or employees or clients. Uh, so it's sort of like the contract work around that and also helping companies uh, protect their assets, protect their property, whether it's uh, real estate or intellectual property or what, whatnot. Uh, but those are the two main roles as a business lawyer is helping your client uh have a solid legal foundation so they can uh, get better valuation for their company and grow their businesses. Michael Weisner, business lawyer here with us today. Uh, so when we talk about an organization, if somebody is creating a product, like perhaps so many of the entrepreneurs we see on a program, such as Shark Tank, you, I think we could all visualize them needing uh, the advice of counsel as they go to hire people or need property or a production facility or reaching that critical mass. But somebody that, for example, a smaller entrepreneur that just is, I don't know, writing a book or launching a podcast or selling uh, coaching and counseling services, do they need counsel as well? I absolutely think that they do. Um, the first thing to know is that um, it, it's just much more sensible to be, be able to prevent problems before they happen. Uh, when you talk about the information society, the knowledge-based market, you're creating content, and that content um, ha pr pr provides uh, several revenue streams for you as a business owner. So, you know, to a certain extent, you know, the uh, intuitive stuff, the stuff that makes the most sense is you delivering your time and effort and getting a direct uh, monetary benefit by, you know, either teaching or consulting or selling certain product-based um or you know service based uh, things that you do uh, but but the one thing that you want to also at least keep in mind as part of, as part of a growing and a future revenue stream is that your 
uh, ownership of that content that you're creating, you can scale that by licensing it to other people. So to the extent that you're creating this wealth of information, uh, you definitely want to make sure that you secure the ownership in it through intellectual property so that you can start to create other revenue streams and leverage that uh, ownership in other ways in the future. And as advice and counsel from you or someone like you in a, in a similar field, for somebody that's really trying to bootstrap their business, is that financially within reach to them? Uh, absolutely. I, I believe so. I mean, I think that, you know, unfortunately, uh, over the years and, and, and the, the typical working relationship between clients and lawyers has been defined uh, by an hourly rate. And I think that that is inaccessible and not productive for small businesses and for startups because, you know, it, it creates a situation where you only reach out to a lawyer when you're having a problem or an issue or a dispute to resolve because you don't want to be watching a clock and watching your money tick away. Uh, but, I, you know, just like every other sort of industry has certain uh, people who are on the cutting edge who are looking to sort of change the dynamic. Um, there are lawyers out there now that will do things more in the, in the nature of a, um, an engagement where you have like sort of a managed services type of relationship, which is what I've done, uh, whereby for a flat monthly fee, you, you basically handle a scope of services, certain duties and tasks, and you can be part of a team that way. So, you know, instead of having, you know, uh, just unpredictable fees and rates and, and acting defensively, you can find the right attorney who's willing to be part of the team for, you know, sometimes even as low as a couple hundred dollars a month. Um, and that way you have the guidance to sort of put yourself in the position to, to be able to grow your business and, and, and to not, you know, have uh, a lot of risk by sort of considering all kinds of alternatives and possibilities from the beginning. And that, that seems to put it well within reach of just about every startup and, and small business that gets underway there. And uh, a second area that they may want to consider as well is uh, an accountant or some sort of financial representative as well to help them. Or maybe you would do that to form the organization so they're not sole proprietorships. Yeah, actually, uh, usually either a lawyer or an accountant does the initial uh, business formation, but it, certainly you need to take into consideration tax consequences and whatnot, so there should be some sort of accounting involved in that. But usually, usually it's the lawyer who helps uh, uh, choose the right type of organization because it's not just a simple you know, answer two questions and, and, okay, you should be an LLC and you should be a corporation. There's yeah. a lot of different factors involved. So uh, understanding the vision of where the client wants to go of what the sort of what the company uh, thinks that they where want to be in 12 months, 24 months, and, and sort of where they see their business going will have a big impact onto into uh, what sort of organization that they want to start off with. Uh, but but you know a good startup lawyer is going to go through um, just a whole checklist of different areas uh, to to help the companies set themselves up the right way. It's, I mean it's like building a business is not you know the good analogy is it's like building a house. If you don't have a good solid strong foundation, uh, you. you open yourself up to some pretty ugly situations later down the road that that's great advice michael weiser here a business attorney uh when a lot of our listeners and a lot of the entrepreneurs we talk about are of the smaller type now where they're setting up a wordpress site and blogging or they're launching a podcast or they're creating and selling their own online courses not necessarily on udemy perhaps but on their own as well so this whole concept of intellectual property, tell us why that's important. 
Okay. Well, it's I give um, a, a little um, sort of workshop that I do here in the city and locally, um, and I, I like to call it the law of the internet or the law of the web, and it's really centered on intellectual property uh, because you know one of the things that people don't really realize um, is that when you um, create content. So, and we're talking about um, copyrights primarily. Um, you are basically vested with the ownership of intellectual property of that content that's created. Uh, but very often, uh, us as small business people, uh, we might hire others to either create or, or monitor the content that we use on our websites, use in our programs. And the thing is, is that even if you pay somebody to create content, unless there's a written contract that transfers the rights in that content to you as the person who hired, the, uh, the the service provider that created the content, the the creation of that content still the ownership the copyrights still uh, are retained by the creator even if you paid for it. So so you have to always be mindful of when you're creating courses or creating uh, writing blog posts or or uh, doing a podcast that if you didn't actually create the content that's being put there, then you need the right licensing in place. Uh, the other side of that is that you want to make sure that if somebody else uses your content and that they have permission to use it. So um, just just going through like a, a couple of things about like a website, for instance, um, it, unless you're the one that created what's written there, the photos, the music, all of that different stuff, then you have to make sure that you have the licensing in place because if you're infringing on somebody's um, intellectual property, there are consequences to that. Very often, you know, small companies might hire an outside web uh, developer or hire an outside uh, content moderator for their site. They just have to always be mindful that they are ultimately responsible if there's infringement that goes on. So, so you want to make sure that you have all the rights and ownership of everything that you put forth into the world, whether it's through your podcast, your, your, your um, blog, your website, you know, sort of stuff that's going on on that. Um, so that's, that's important. Um, also, intellectual property, you know, has to do with trademarks. So, you know, a trademark is, is an identifier that, that sort of matches up a, a business with the products or services that they do. So, you know, if you're using Coca-Cola on your website, you got to make sure that you're using it in such a way that it's permissible, otherwise you're infringing on, on that. So you have to be wary of trademarks. That's um, a lot to think about. And, you know, I think <laughs> one thing, for example, podcasters are always aware of is the music. You right. know, I'm sure music fans, you know, we've grown up listening to the radio or, or iTunes or something, and we all have a list of, you know, our, our hundred favorite songs. And you go, gee, I have this show. I'd really like to open the show with that guitar lick from this song by somebody. I'm not even going to mention a name because I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> right, right. But, uh, but, you know, I think everybody knows you can't do that. Right. You can't even take 15 seconds of of those uh, slashing guitar chords from some great song and uh, like, you know, like opening with the lick from Layla or something like that. Right, you, right. you just, you just can't do that. That's a huge infringement. It could cause you great headaches down right. the road. So you have to go out and either get somebody to create the music for you or get something in the public domain. And you know, that's what we did as well. Right, right. And, and there are a lot of sites where you can, uh, you know, get licensing for certain snippets of different music. And it's yeah, that, in the grand scheme of things, that ends up being a smaller problem. Right, right. If right. you recognize it on the front end. Hey, you've been you've been on your feet a lot, not necessarily just in the courtroom and whatnot, but in terms of uh, speaking. And uh, you have done some work for the Kaufman Foundation, which we're a fan of here. Oh, on, really? uh, legal okay. know how for startup entrepreneurs. How did you get involved from them? And uh, 
And well, what is your work with them like? Okay, so the Kaufman Foundation, I, I learned about many, many years ago, about 15, 20 years ago, when I took one of their um, courses, which is called uh, Fast Track. And Fast Track is like a boot camp for would-be CEOs and, and leaders of companies. Uh, and uh, so I took that program about 15, 20 years ago, and it was really instrumental in helping me uh, sort of grow my businesses and, and think more like a business person and less like a day-to-day -day technician of what I was doing. And what... Um, so a few, about a not too long ago, a few months back, I just randomly got an email in, in uh, basically promoting a, a, a Kaufman, um, the Fast Track program, which is the program that I was in one of the first classes many years ago. And I thought, wow, I, this was really great when I took it. Um, so I reached out to the uh, people who were running the program and said, hey, I would love to teach the legal part of that program. And they were like, you know, very happy that I was actually a long time uh, alumni of the program. So I, I got involved with them. So now uh, when Fast Track does its, uh, you know, certain programs that they do and, and Kaufman Foundation here in uh, the area, they, they will tap me to do uh, the legal part of it, which is great because, you know, you're sitting in a room full of 30 or, or so um, would-be entrepreneurs who are just in that startup phase and to have a chance to make a difference and give them uh, the know-how that they need to at least <laughs> take it, it, learn a little bit. Uh, it, it really feels like I'm giving back and, and I just love the enthusiasm. Yeah, that certainly is great. You know, the Kaufman Foundation is a uh, very familiar name that has a ring to it that people, you know, have a recognition, high recognition factor to it. Another uh, program they have underway, of course, is One Million Cups. And yes. One Million Cups has, I think they they said they were up to like 75 chapters across the country now. I'm sure there's one in the city. There's one here in Richmond. Somebody mentioned to me that, uh, you know, Bob, you, you need to go to One Million Cups. They would love you. And I kind of grown and went, oh, is that a plane ticket? When is this program? How do I have to get there and whatnot? And they goes, there's one in your town, silly. And sure enough, <laughs> there is. And I snuck down there. I snuck down there during the 4th of July week. It would be a small crowd. And I could just find out what's going on. There were like 60 people there. And it, it is full of entrepreneurs listening to presentations from uh, other post-revenue entrepreneurs. And the it's not a pitch, but the final question is one of what am I missing? And it's like a, you know, a 30 minute mastermind for the presenter and a great networking opportunity for entrepreneurs. So, uh, they're one million cups is a great program. And, uh, you know, hopefully that's something we can, uh, I encourage everyone to get involved with, and I'm sure you and I will hear more of as well. Yeah. I'd love to look into that a little deeper. I don't really know much about it. Yeah. We'll find out more. Uh, We'll stay in touch about that then. You also have a lot of work you've done in terms of uh, cybersecurity and digital security, data privacy. What's going on there? Yeah, you know, I mean, there's not a week that goes by that you don't see some sort of story on the news about some data breach and whatnot. So I, I wanted to sort of take a look and see uh, wh where the law is with that. And typically the law is very slow, <laughs> especially when it comes to technology things. So things that are relevant today uh, probably won't even be addressed by anything, uh, statutes or whatnot, for another five to ten years in which at, and at that time. Wow, that long? Irrelevant. Wow. It's mostly done through the courts. But um, what I was interested in doing is when I went to some cyber 
cybersecurity conferences just to sort of get a look at what the community was like and what the sort of stories were like. What I noticed was that the cybersecurity conferences that I went to, it was all about, you know, per, uh, protecting the perimeter of your IT infrastructure but from hackers and, <laughs> and, and whatnot. But there was almost nothing discussed or talked about about the vulnerabilities that p small companies or, or large companies have when it comes to just allowing their employees to interact on social media on behalf of the company um, and the potential risks with that because there's just so many different uh, downsides to, to having a program where you have people uh, communicating on Twitter and Facebook and all the different social media outlets without giving them any rules or, or structure or permissions or oversight. Um, you know, you, you can just like I said before with all of the data breaches, there are so many stories of embarrassing things that were said in the name of a company and then you basically go into this uh, <laughs> PR nightmare. Um, so I created a program which I call a uh, uh, Dumb tweets from smartphones, <laughs> social media security <laughs> for for employee for employers, and uh, I sort of took that as a as a sort of an area that I just uh, help companies, uh, you know, create a program and a plan and a, and a strategy for how to use social media without uh, opening themselves up to risk. Wow, those are all important issues. So uh, today, as you sit in the office today, what's on the top of your desk today? What are you working on now? <laughs> well, actually, as soon as I uh, uh, and uh, this call, I'm heading up with some friends to a lake house that we rented. So <laughs> that, that's good. For that, that sounds like a great uh, weekend in the making. Yeah, it'll be great. The weather's perfect, so it's going to be nice. Uh, but, but yeah, I actually, uh, we, we, I practice law, but I also have a couple of different businesses. So every day is different. I, I'm either focusing on, uh, you know, one of my businesses or I'm practicing law. Um, I'm a week away from launching a mobile app, which I'm pretty excited about uh, having to do with fantasy football. So we're about a week away from that and I'm probably doing a, a Kickstarter campaign, which is going to start in a couple of days. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, I have a 20-year-old wireless technology business and that, that takes up a lot of time and effort as well. Wow, you are a serial entrepreneur. <laughs> so I, I have are, are you not surprised at the explosion that fantasy football has had it is shocking to me. Um, I, you know, when I basically decided with a, a partner of mine to create this uh, app that we're doing, you know, I, we did our initial market research and, and I was reading numbers that fantasy football is up to $70 billion as an industry. <laughs> I'm just amazed. And it's just, it's unbelievable. So, so um, you know, I, I started playing fantasy football with this friend that we're starting the business together a couple of years ago. And, and I'm one of these people that basically will end up spending so hours and hours of time researching every week as to who I should start. Who, you know, it's taken over my life to a large extent. So, you know, we, we basically decided, you know, there's got to be a, an answer for this. So we created this app that we're doing, which is uh, basically uh, meant to rank and players and and, and in terms of you know, their uh, likelihood of success in any particular week and, and uh, cut down the time of research and, and effort that goes into running. Yeah, I, I've been playing for, as I sit here <laughs> and think about it now, I'm like for almost 20 years. Wow. In the, in the beginning, the commissioner had to comb the line scores for the stats right, right. every week and do right. a manual calculation, which we either approved or, you know, made changes to. But now I, I just can't believe it. I, I think, I think I just always expected, you know, the NFL marks itself very well, maybe not as well as the NBA, but you know, they're a huge marketing machine sitting right up there on in, in New York. And, 
I, I think I just expected the fantasy football audience to be a, a subset of some size of all the football fans there are. But what we found is there are people that play just to get involved with the people that are fans, like like guys, wives, and girlfriends. Right. They want in because then they can stand there and talk about that. Yeah. You know, or you know, be at the water cooler on Monday morning and go, How about that guy? Only two touchdowns yesterday. <laughs> right. <laughs> Never. Right. Yeah, the the biggest thing I've seen, which in my own personal experience, is that when, you know, I've been a lifelong Giant fan. I mean, my father was a Giant fan. I was born during a Giant game. My father made my mother wait till halftime to go to the hospital. So (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty much in my blood. Um, But but as a huge Giant fan, I was only really watching Giant games. I didn't really really care all that much uh, to watch another game because, you know, Giants were my team. What fantasy football did was make me like, you know, I'll sit there and watch a a game between – uh, you know, I don't San Diego and uh, you know Browns Chargers. Yeah, yeah. Jacksonville and this and and like I would never watch a game, but my guys, the receiver on that team, so I'm sitting there watch the three hour game just to watch him make it for a couple catches. It's it's just it's addicting. So particularly with programming that you can get from like the Verizon Red Zone or Directv. Uh, I hope I can say that on the air. Uh, where you can like <laughs> right. watch eight ten games at once, and yeah. so well, at the it, end of the it, day, I'm tired. Yeah. It's fun. If you don't mind me mentioning, so, so my, our website is thefantasyapp.com. Thefantasyapp.com. <laughs> thefantasyapp.com. But unbelievably, the name was available. I couldn't believe it. So well, it's thefantasyapp.com. And our, our, that's what our uh, actual, you know, when you go to the iTunes store and, uh, and uh, the Google store, and the next week you'll see our app. And, uh, <laughs> well, congratulations on that. You've got other things going on as well. You're getting ready to launch a podcast. Is that still in the works? Yes. Yes, that's true. Um, we see my, my thing here is that I look at my law practice uh, like a business. You know, I treat myself as an entrepreneur and, and I deliver legal services as a business. That's the way I think. And it's very uncommon for lawyers to think that way. Uh, but what I want to do is, is basically really uh, and, and anybody who's been sort of looking at the podcast and you hear this term thrown around, your avatar. So your avatar is that perfect client of yours or that perfect target for your, your message in your community. And for me, it's it's tech people. It's IT developers. The, those are the people that I really like to work with. Um, so I uh, am going to be launching a podcast. It's going to be called uh, Developers Wireframe for Success. It's probably going to come out in about a month from now. And it's geared towards teaching or discussing the issues and in, in, in business matters that apply to tech people that they don't learn in school. So, you know, you talk about legal, talk about project management, talk about leadership and all the different soft skills and, and hard skills of running a business, being uh, working on your business instead of in your business and, and, and sort of uh, an entrepreneur's tech entrepreneurs uh, community that will have a blog and a podcast and all those things. And a website that is not up yet, but that you'll be launching soon, Success Wireframe. SuccessWireframe.com. That's the, that'll be the hub of everything. Yep. That's great. We'll link all of that up so the links will be there when you all are ready to go. Uh, Michael, if folks want to reach out to you, where can they find you? Uh, you why don't you use my email, which is uh, pretty simple. It's mjw, Michael Jonathan Weiser, mjw, at mwesq.com. So that's mwesq.com. And we'll put that in the show notes for everyone as well. Michael, you are truly a renaissance man and a digital age and a serial entrepreneur. Thank you for your counsel in all the issues we talked about today. And good luck with everything going forward. 
Well, thank you so much, Bob. I really appreciate uh, your your show. I've listened to it. It's it's wonderful. It's uh, it's well done. And uh, oh, from your lips to God's ears, buddy. <laughs> and uh, I, I thank you so much. Sure. Best to Stephanie and the girls. We'll uh, we hope to have you back anytime. Okay. Great. Thank you. Bob. Thanks for listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. For the sake of all the special people in your life that deserve you to be the best leader you can be. You can be. Connect with us on our website at LabradorLeadership.com, on Facebook at Labrador Leadership, and on Twitter at Lab Leadership. Now, here's a final thought from Bob. Many, many heartfelt thanks to Michael Weiser today. A lot going on, a lot of creative things, and yeah, here comes fantasy football season as well. Folks, if you like the show, please, please get the word out to us. Hit the website at labradorleadership.com and click on the big orange button to join the conversation. Take care of one another. We'll see you next time.